Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. I'm going to go with Mika Zibanejad to score a goal on Monday against the Ducks and the Rangers to get a win. That wasn't enough excitement. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot in an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ICTPOD, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code ICTPOD at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiMeglio, and the regular season is finally underway for the New York Rangers. Joining me this week is the host of the Blue Crew podcast, Johnny Lazarus. We have a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get to into it. But first, how are you, Johnny? Thanks for joining me. I'm good. I'm good. I hope it was easier to track me down than Kevin Weeks. I don't know if that was, <laughs> uh, you know, a tough get for you, but uh, I'm really happy to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was infinitely many times easier to, to recruit you. <laughs> one simple message. Hey, do you want to do the podcast in the next two weeks? Sure. I'm down for whatever. Perfect. Love it. Kevin Weeks, it's like I have to go on. I don't even know. I have to hire like assassins or something like that for him. Just <laughs> all over the place. Um, But before we I'll ask you about that, because you kind of reached out like midway through midway through my uh my hunt for weeks. And uh, you kind of helped me out there. But I'll ask you. So yeah, I thought it was awesome. You, yeah, how did? Thank you. How did you get started? Like, I know you work for for Bleacher Report, and now you do the the Blue Crew podcast. But you you told me you, you're dipping your feet into a lot of different areas right now in terms of content creation. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so I'm doing some uh, you know video content stuff for Bleacher Report this season, and I also write for Covers, Action Network, and Dimers in the sports betting world. Um, if you follow those companies, they're great and. Uh, Actually, off to a really hot start to this NHL season. I've been tweeting about it and bragging about it for the last couple of days, but I'm seven and zero right now, so I'm on a heater to start the season, which is you know very rare for me. I never really win this much in a row, so you know I'm definitely due for for a couple of losses, I think here and there. But I'm feeling good, man. Like the NHL is when when you really know it and you really follow it. I think it's one of the easier sports to bet on. Um, so you know it's been really fun. But obviously, I do the Blue Crew podcast as well, so uh, you know definitely doing a lot of different stuff in hockey which is awesome because you know i love this game more than anything uh i saw you were you were uh hanging out with miko rantanen right yeah. in, uh, in colorado yeah. that was pretty yeah, recent was cool. huh yeah i was in denver on tuesday and dc on wednesday um did a little interview with rantanen wow. on tuesday and then flew to dc tuesday night and did an interview with charlie Coyle after the bruins morning skate on wednesday which was a lot of fun and, and those guys were awesome they were so nice so easy to work with um and I'm, I'm pretty outgoing guys too right if you watch those videos like you know i know they're short they're like a little you know minute and a half like tiktok instagram reel kind of videos but um you can kind of get a sense of their personality in that short amount of time yeah i did like how miko ranton it was like oh i play acdc yeah one of the guys up in the in the locker room like that's a culture guy i love it yeah love for it. sure and he was on my fantasy team last year and did tremendous work helping me win the mm-hmm. title mm-hmm. <laughs> off to a hot start too he had four points in his first game Woo. I don't have him this year, I don't think, but yeah. He's uh <laughs> You don't think you don't know who's on your team? Yeah. Well, in my one in my one league, yeah, I I know for sure who he's not on my team, but I have another league that I I haven't paid attention to. Mm. <laughs> uh but yeah, Rantanen did did work for for me in the in fantasy last year, but I mean, you were certainly busy on on Tuesday, so you didn't catch as much of the Rangers home opener 
as mm-hmm. uh, as like I guess I did. Um, but what <laughs> what stood out to you? What stood out to you in, in that game from what you were able to see? So I saw the first period for the most part. Then I flew um, from Denver to DC, so I missed the entire second and third period. I watched some highlights, um, but obviously you can't really get a feel for the game just yeah. from highlights. It's, it's pretty tough, and I don't want to like you know make up some lies saying like oh I thought they played great like from you know. But uh, from what I saw, I mean, first of all, let's be real: the power play has looked, which I, I can't believe has looked better than last year because last year they were a top <laughs> five power play in the league the entire season. But the, the, I tweeted this tonight, and I don't think I've ever seen a Rangers team in my lifetime with as much skill throughout the lineup as this team has. Like, from from Panarin all the way down to even, like, Zach Jones. Like, like a guy like that. Like, Jones played great tonight. Him and Schneider have looked oh, yeah. really good as the third pair. Like, like, there's not a weak link on this team. Like, you know, you can argue maybe some guys in the fourth line don't have a ton of skill, but – you know, top to bottom, like these guys can flat out play, they fly, they move the puck. Well, like this team is just so fun to watch. And you know, that power play unit, the first unit, they were great. I thought in the first game from all the highlights I saw, I know Kreider had a couple doorstep chances there and you know, he kind of made up for it tonight with that first goal, that great backdoor pass from Mika, which started from the Panarin cross ice pass. So um, yeah, man, I think the power play and and I think that's going to drive us all year. Like I was a little nervous and, you know, I'll be honest, like I didn't really have the highest of expectations before the season started. Not that my mind's changed so much from these first two games, but, you know, the big narrative last year before the deadline was the Rangers lack of five and five scoring and they relied too much on their power play. And that could be the case again this year. But if their power play clicks like it has in the first two games, like who cares, man? Like they're scoring so far. They look really good at, at even strength and the power play. I think even the second unit looks good. Like tonight, yeah. the second unit looked great. They didn't score yeah. a goal, but they looked awesome. You replaced Strom with Trocheck, and now you have a, an actual viable option for faceoffs in case in case Zibanejad gets thrown out, or if you start with Trocheck, he gets thrown out and Zibanejad goes in. Perfect. It's awesome. And one thing that that this the Rangers power play does super well that power play units of years past under Alan Vigneault, David Quinn, John Tortorella, that they didn't do well, is they help, They hold the boards. Adam Fox is always on the boards holding that puck mm-hmm. in. How many times have we seen, have you seen like him make an acrobatic play or Keandre Miller, Miller make an acrobatic play to keep the puck in the, in the, in the zone? Like that's a huge deal. If that's, that'll pin them in for like another 15, 30 seconds. Right. And you know, that's, that leads to another, more opportunities because the players on the other end, they were bound to get tired at some point. Well, also to that point, like, you know, as a forward, I, I played right wing. So like, I kind of can attest this a little bit when you have a guy like Fox back there, you're a little more hesitant to back check because you have a feeling he's going to keep the play alive. So like, you know, we see a guy like he not even hesitate to get in the back check, just stay net front and he gets rewarded with that goal tonight. Right. So like, you know, I, I think, the guys just, it just shows how much they trust him back there that, you know, they're willing to to give it an extra second or two before they really get on their horse and get in the back check because they know when Foxy or Miller are out there, like the play is always alive, like to your point, what you just said. Yeah, that's interesting. You bring up back check and we haven't really talked about it on the show, but it's, I've talked about it like off the air uh, with some people like, oh, this player doesn't back check too often. <laughs> this guy doesn't do this. Uh, that's a, I think that's a pretty viable explanation for why a player might not back check because they think Fox is, you know, so skilled and adept at keeping the puck in the offensive zone. I, I never really looked at it from that perspective. Well, I'll tell you what, they back checked a whole lot harder last year when Georgiev was a net too, right? So like, you got to think oh, about yeah. that too. When Igor's a net, they're like, okay, maybe he'll bail me out here, you know? So like that creeps into your mind a little bit also. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, it's not like it's an excuse. Like, I don't think they don't work hard, but, you know, sometimes your instinct just says like, you know, they got me like, I'm okay. And, and, you know, that kind of happened last night too, like on the short or not last night, the first game, the shorthanded goal with Mika and laugh, like, you know, they're shorthanded Mika's chilling by the blue line, you know, like he knows Foxy or, or Miller. I forgot who made that pass. It might've been true, but actually is getting yeah, in the puck. True, you know? So, um, you know, I think they just, they just read off each other so well, like that's really what it is. Last year, they relied too much on the goaltender, obviously yeah. too. And in addition to what you said about the power play, I thought game one was a complete effort. And a lot of people felt the same way, at least on the timeline on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> the TL. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, yeah. The TL. Um, <laughs> they did. They, 
they they really outplayed Tampa Bay all three periods. They outchanced them. They outshot them. They won. They won sixty something percent of their faceoffs. That was incredible. Trocheck won ten of sixteen. That is yeah, I was just looking now. Actually, the Rangers are the first in the league, sixty-three point eight percent. Yeah, I don't know what the faceoffs were tonight, but game one, especially in the first period, I wrote about this in my article for this week. Rangers won twelve of fourteen faceoffs in the first period. When's the last mm. time you've seen that happen? Not even just them, like anyone. That's like know? instant puck possession right there. Perfect. Yeah, love it, love it. Trocheck, Trocheck's already you know making an impact here. He had his he had his first goal tonight. Mm-hmm. against the wild which which is good for him good for him he's playing really well and you know Lafreniere is bumped up to that to that top to that line not the top line that line uh Kako is taking place on uh the right ring the right wing on on uh Mika Zibanejad's right and uh on the same line as Kreider I thought Kako looked really really good in in game one especially in the first period mm-hmm. uh he drew two penalties I don't know if you were able to see that I saw I saw those yeah yeah, so he w- he looked great, and then tonight he had this fantastic, absolutely beautiful move. Mike Rupp broke it down from his uh, from his TV screen. That was awesome. But uh, Kako, a la Traverse City, went did a yeah. full circle around the net and made a power move on Flurry and got it in between the wickets. Unbelievable move. The kid's going places. I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Yeah, no, I I completely agree and. You know, it's it's interesting, right? Because like this isn't a new Capo Caco. Like we've seen him try these same moves before. Like, you know, that that goal he had tonight, obviously you mentioned Traverse City, but that's kind of similar to the, you know, the goal that was called off in the Penguin series in game one when he, you know, drove the net and he got I thought he I still think he got pushed in. Um but Caco, like he's always been a guy that's been able to lower his shoulder and use his body to protect the puck and get to the net and you know, he does look a little bit faster. Maybe that's something he focused on in the offseason. But, you know, this is the player that we thought we were going to get. And and you got to give him credit, too, right? Like, he's still a young kid, right? He's only like 20 or 21 years old. I'm not sure his exact age, but I know he's, you know, just about legal to drink if he, if he even is. So, I mean, it, it is like a development thing where sometimes it just takes guys a little bit longer than others. Like, you know, we kind of saw it. Jack Hughes' first year in the NHL. He struggled a little bit. Now people are saying he's a 100-point scorer. Like, you know, it kind of just takes time to find yourself in the leagues. And and it also takes time to find yourself off the ice too, right? Like, he's a young Finnish kid living in New York City. You know, tough to get acclimated to New York. You know, I'm, I don't know where you're located. I'm sure you're in the New York area, right? Where are you? New Jersey. You're in Jersey, right? Yeah, I, I actually thought I, I knew that. Where in Jersey are you? Central Jersey, the part of New Jersey that does not exist. Got it. Okay. But can you imagine, you know, being a young, like 18, 19 year old kid, doesn't speak English, living in New York city. Like it's a tough adjustment. Oh yeah. 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 So once sure. he finds himself sure. off the ice, he's just going to, you know, have that translate on the ice. So I think we're going to see that a lot this year. I feel the same way about, about Kravtsov too, because he's, this mm-hmm. is, this is still new to him. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the language barrier too, I think is, is a big deal. And then Kravtsov, Poor, poor him. He got injured in his first game and uh, first couple ships. So we're trying to figure out what's going to happen with him. Uh, so, some people are already saying he's too soft. I mean, I think you got to give the kid a break. He, everyone wrote him off the moment he was drafted. The D plus one year, he proved everybody wrong. Kind of like mm. a Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> don't, compare, no. don't compare Krause out to Porzingis. Yeah, well, like everyone was, everyone was booing Porzingis when he was drafted. I don't watch yeah. basketball, but I remember when Porzingis. Oh, you was don't drafted. you don't watch basketball? Yeah, he actually did. No, he he did uh, in his rookie year prove people wrong, but he then right. turned out to be like the correct, <laughs> you know, the the, yeah. the initial instinct on Porzingis turned out to be correct, but he did have a good rookie year and, and right people wrong, right. But then, so, in the end. but I I think you got to give. Okay, but like, and that begins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so. All right, there we go. See, yeah, see, yeah. see what I mean. I don't watch basketball, so I, I wouldn't yeah. know. But I knew he was viral in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. At least when he was on the Knicks, he was a good player. Yeah. Um, and then with Kravtsov, he proved fans wrong in his D plus one year. Everyone's saying we should take Wallstrom. What did Wallstrom do? His D plus one year, not as much as Kravtsov. Kravtsov tore up the KHL, one of the hardest leagues to play in, in in the world, and. Now he's he's back on the Rangers, so I think give him time, and I think he'll do it again. And that's my ice cold take of the week. I think he'll prove everybody wrong again. That's your ice cold take of the week. I love that. Yep, that's uh, it's a thing we got to do here. You know, promote the show. Yeah, uh, 
little takes. Right no, there. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. $200 on this banner. <laughs> uh, well, it's working yeah, for you. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Kravtsov will – hopefully he comes back sooner rather than later. And also, the top six right now is what fans have wanted to see for such a long time. Kako mm. and Lafreniere on the top six line, the top two lines. That's exactly what the Rangers have needed. Yeah, maybe it's a little thin at the bottom, but we're still out with Blay. With Blay is still out, and uh, and Kravtsov is out now. So just imagine when those guys come back, what the holes are going to be like in the lineup. They're going to be plugged up. Hedl even scored a goal last uh, tonight, so he's looking good. It's not like you know you take away Lafreniere and Kako from him. He's still a good player, and that's what we like. What I like to see. I'm glad that he was able to to score a goal. He went to the dirty area of the net which is where you have to go to score goals. Nice backhander off the rebound. Garbage goal, mm-hmm. but, I mean, that's where goal scorers go. That's where Kreider made a living last year to get 50. Yep. Yep. I mean, you 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 were a winger, so you know. I uh, I scored my fair share of garbage goals. Probably the majority of mine were garbage goals. But, um, you know, I, I I think that's something, too. Like, it's, it's such a hockey cliche, but, like, when you're maybe – and I know it's only two games in, but, like, maybe when you're struggling to score and Hedl last year, like – you know, only had, I think, eight goals in the, in the regular season. So, like, that's probably in the back of his mind. Like, when you are, you know, struggling a bit, that's where you got to go, right? You got to, like, just go to the areas that not everyone wants to go to, and, and sometimes you just get that puck luck, right? Like, he was in the right place at the right time, wide open net, banged it home. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's something that he learned probably, too, from, like, a Chris Kreider, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that's that's something big for Hito's development, too, right, is getting that net front game in, in his – you know, repertoire. Cause last year I feel like he didn't really have much of a, a net front presence. I'd say, cause he's like kind of a, you know, taller, lankier guy, but if he can be a little physical in the blue paint, he'll get double the amount of goals. So that's a good sign. I also like his wrist shot too. I think he's got a good shot and mm-hmm. that's where he scored a lot of, he scored a lot of his goals off shots in the, in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. A lot of one-timers, yeah. honestly, which is a like lot of one-timers. Yep. It, he looked, he looked great in the, in the playoffs. So if you could replicate that success, then uh, big things will happen for him this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, speaking of replicating success, I think you know the the sixty minute effort is a lot is what a lot of fans, myself included, have been asking for for the Rangers. I already mentioned that they relied too much on Chesterkin last year. You mentioned that they relied too much on the power play last season. But is it possible for them to to do what they did tonight and? game one against Tampa Bay. Do you think they could do it like maybe 50, 40, 50 times and get W's for the rest of the season? Or is this, is that, is this too, is this like just a hot start? Would you say? Um, I mean, listen, there's going to be times where, you know, for example, like tomorrow will be a huge test, right? They're playing their first back to back against a, you know, a Winnipeg team that's having their home opener and it's going to be a loud environment and, you know, it's going to be a little different than what tonight was. But I, I think throughout the year, there's just so many times where like, you know, like when February comes around, it's like um, we're almost the playoffs. Lights the end of the tunnel. Like you're kind of tired, but you're having a, you know, get yourself up for games. And, and it is a grind, man. Like it's a long season, a lot of travel, you know, a wear and tear on your body. So there are going to be spurts where, you know, I'm sure they lose four or five in a row. It's just it's just part of it. You know, it's part of the the process. So. I think if they can sustain this play for the majority of the season, like, yeah, of course, that's going to be a great thing. But, you know, I, I wouldn't say as a fan, you can't expect them to have any downfall. Like it's just, it's just going to happen. It's, it's part of it. And it's needed because, you know, if you don't face any adversity, then you're surprised when you do. Right. Like I think part of the reason why Tampa was so successful the past couple of seasons was because after their, you know, 62 win season, they didn't really face much adversity that entire year. And then they get in the first round and they get swept. You know, and then after that, they win two straight cups. So, like, sometimes you kind of need to get the shit kicked out of you a bit just to, like, sorry, I didn't mean to curse. I don't know if that's a. No, you're good, man. Go. Um, keep going. But you, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just need that little kick in the ass to to get you going and wake you up a little bit. So, like, you know, do we want the Rangers to go 82-0 before the playoffs? Like, prob- honestly, probably not. Like, no. as sick as that would be, like, first no. round, if they go down, like, it's it's a place they haven't been. So, you kind of want those spurts to happen. You just want them to happen at the, at the right time. Like you want it to be in December and not in March, right? Like you want them to play their best when it matters most. So like, you know, if they lose five or six games in December, I won't be concerned, but 
if they do that in March, I'll be like, oh, shit, what's going on? You know, I wanted the Mets to go through that spurt, not in September and October, but yeah, they June or exactly July. The wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. Literally the wrong. They were good all year. Again, yeah, and this is Ice Cold Takes, a New York sports podcast, so I am obligated to talk about the Mets on here. I don't know if you follow baseball pretty closely. Yeah, I'm Mets fan. All right, perfect. Love it. Yeah, so well, I guess we could kind of segue into that a little bit. but you know, I mean, not a diehard, but I follow, I follow the Mets. You win 101 games in the season. You never really have a, a slump until the very end. Like, you know, that's just the worst possible time for it to happen, you know? Just mm-hmm. you couldn't have done it a little bit sooner. You couldn't have had that slump. You know, in August instead of September, you know, it's just the, the worst time imaginable. But, yeah, I get what you're saying about, you know, it's a long schedule, 82 games. Yeah, it's not 162 games like baseball, but, you know, there's the wear and tear is, is it's there. It's noticeable. I mean, we're only in game two and, and Keandre Miller has already got a big gash over his eye. So, you know, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's going to be losses. It's inevitable. You can't win every single game. And I look as a fan, you know. Even from being a Mets fan, I look for the adversity. I'm wondering. I always have that in the back of my mind. I'm like, okay, things are going way too well right now. When is when is shit going to hit the fan? When is mm-hmm. this going to happen? So, you know, the Raiders won't go 82 and 0. I'd rather them I'd rather them not do that like you said and mm-hmm. uh, you know, iron out the iron out their mistakes now so that they don't make them in the playoffs. That's what I want to see. Yeah, and, no, uh, I I completely agree. Yeah, I you know, so far so good between the, in the first two games. Uh, lineup has not really changed too much, with the exception of the Kravtsov injury, and I don't think there's any need to make any changes. To be honest, like now Lafreniere, absolutely terrific game on on that second line tonight. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! This is what we've been waiting for. Um, we, you know, it's like Dryden Hunt who. Uh, Kako, who Kravtsov, who? Wow, no, no, no. Lafreniere is the guy to be on that second line, and none of us even knew about it. Like Kako looks really good on the first line, and I didn't think he should have been there. I thought Kako should be I agree. there. Yeah, I agree. Like, Kako looks great now, and he's, you know, that's proved me. I had the uh, the Broadway Block guys on last week, and Steve was saying that, uh, you know, Kako, his skill set does match that of Zabanajad and Kreider's, and I didn't really agree with that, but. Now I'm starting to see it a little bit more. You know, Kako's really good at handling the puck along the boards. And he, you know, Zibanejad likes to get open in the middle for him. And if he could feather that pass to him, one-timers all day. And Zibanejad's got a good enough shot where he could get it over the goalie's shoulders. So mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's I think that's something we could look forward to. But uh, I also want to talk, you mentioned Zach Jones earlier. He's looked great so far, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I think... He just came in with a, a ton of more confidence, especially I think after the Nils departure, um, you know, because that that cuts his competition down one, right? So I think for him, it was just really about knowing if he was the guy or not. It's really hard when you're in and out of the lineup, and, and you know if you make a mistake, you're probably coming out. So um, you, you tend to think a little bit more with your decision making. But I think Jonesy coming into camp, knowing it was his spot to lose for the most part, just kind of gave him a little bit of boost in, in confidence and. You know, he's kind of ran with it, right? And he's got so much skill. He's such a smart player. Like, you know, he's pretty similar to Foxy where he just sees the ice so well and really moves well along the blue line. And, you know, he's not the fastest, biggest, or strongest guy, but just has that natural sense for the game. So, um, you know, I think he'll be a, a staple in the lineup in that sixth now spot we, for sure. Now, we often say that, you know, with defensemen, if they're invisible, that means it's a good thing that they did their job. I think Jones made a, a couple of noticeable good plays tonight, like, defensively yeah i can't call recall like what time in the period it was but like he, he made a couple great defensive plays there was one bad mistake that led to a goal it was but it was a garbage time goal the score was six to two and i mm-hmm. wouldn't even sweat it i thought jones made some great moves on power play too tonight uh although they didn't score some great moves uh defensively he looked great schneider's been invisible that means he's doing his job right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I'm still not used that, to him in the number four. I'm still. I am not that. either. I am. I'm so thrown off by. It. I don't know why he made that change, but uh, whatever, whatever. Schneider, uh, you do you, man. He's he played well his rookie year, and uh, he's playing well so far, I think. And mm-hmm. just as long as Lieber Hayek stays out of the lineup, mm-hmm. things are cooking over here in Rangers land, Rangers town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's just hope, knock on wood, everybody stays healthy because last year everybody did. And uh, we were very fortunate for that. 
Uh, if there's an injury on defense, Hayek's going in. That's all we have. Um, mm-hmm. Can you see the Rangers maybe making a move for a defenseman, a, a backup or like a seven, six or seventh defenseman sooner rather than later, or is the cap space too too tight? Would you say? Um, I, I mean, I haven't really thought too deep into that. I know Arthur Staple was reporting that a little bit during training camp that they were looking for like that Justin Braun type that they had last year, just that, you know, veteran presence on the blue line, just to, you know, be there and be reliable. But I don't think that's something they're thinking about at the moment. I think, you know, if an injury does happen, it'll be, you know, a big talk, but for now, I think it's just kind of, you know, focus day to day and go with what we got, but I'm sure that will be a topic of conversation as the year goes on. Yeah. It's still too early in the season, right? It's not, not really the time to have that discussion. I'd say, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think riding out the success is, is, uh, is what the Rangers need to do. Keep up the momentum back to back games. You were telling me you think Halak gets the, the start, the nod in game. Yeah. Three. I'd say for sure that he gets to start, uh, tomorrow. And then Igor will start Monday night against Anaheim at home. I think. Yeah. I'll be uh, interested to see what happens tomorrow, how the Rangers play. They're probably going to play like you brought up before. I like I like that. They're going to back check a lot harder with the backup goalie in that because, you know, you know. Um, as a player, I'm telling you, yeah, as a player, if you don't trust the guy in the blue paint as much, you definitely back check a little bit harder. <laughs> that's Not that's, that Halak's a bad goalie, but obviously when no. you're being back there, you know. It's just like, oh, yeah, Shesterkin's got it. Let me go for this line yeah. change right now. Mm-hmm. Um but let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk more about game two. Um, game two. Rangers came off, came out flying. Three goals in the first period. First goal goes to Kreider uh, on the power play, of course, in his usual spot in his office. Uh, Panarin just had a great game, man. Like, yeah. What do you have? Four points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, he he was talking about how he needs to start being everywhere and doing everything, and so far through two games this year. He has done all of that. He's he's dangled. I think you posted the clip, right, of him uh, deking out. Was it Headman on uh on uh Tampa Bay? Was that I don't you? Know if I, I don't know if that was me because I didn't I didn't watch, so I don't know if that was, that probably was not me. Okay, no, it, maybe it was not you. Okay, I'm not even um, sure if I know the clip you're talking about. Yeah, well, yeah, he he made uh one of the defenders on Tampa Bay look like a fool. I have it. It's it's on my my time on the TL. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone could go could go look it up, but yeah, to find out. Yeah, yeah, he's he's looking good so far. Panarin's looking great. Uh, Trocheck looks good. Lafreniere is is awesome. Oh wait, I can't believe I haven't even I haven't even talked about this. Um, going back to last year, Lundqvist retirement night. Lundqvist goes into the booth after after his number his jersey gets raised to the rafters, and Minnesota's on a power play. Oh, Zuccarello God, has yeah. the puck. Zuccarello yeah. has the puck, and he says, "Oh yeah, don't give that guy the puck." And Zuccarello immediately immediately snipes it on on Shesterkin, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, Lundqvist, you jinxed it!" So yeah, that was great. Of course, Lundqvist tonight or this afternoon tweeted out, "Hey, I'm back in MSG Studios with with John and uh, and Steve. Tweet your questions and uh, or, or what you want to talk about." So I, of course, tweeted. Uh, just don't mention Zuccarello's name or else you'll have a hat trick tonight. And so uh, John Genone read the tweet on on the pregame and uh, people were shouting me out, oh, Ice Cold Takes, you got your, your name right on the show. I was like, what? I was in a space, so I didn't even realize. So, I mean, I have to bring it up now to to, to let the, the listeners know, maybe yeah. those that aren't on Twitter. But yeah, I was on TV. Not not my face, but like the <laughs> no, it was, it was cool. Yeah, that that was that was really funny, and then uh, and then Lundqvist uh, kind of joked about it, uh, how how good Kaprizov was, and you know his linemate number thirty six is what he said because mm-hmm. he said he forgot his name. That was a very funny clip, but yeah, mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that in there before we get back into the uh, the game two talk. Uh, what stood out to you uh, for this game? I know you you got you were able to catch all of this one, right? Yeah, I, I think it. Like I said before, I think it was really just. The skill level from top to bottom, like every line was making plays. You know, Revo dropped the gloves, had a big fight. Um, you know, Kako played super well. Kreider played well. Mika, Jones, Stein, like everyone just played well. Miller, you know, and, and they were just like confident. They just look so good. You can tell that this group, you know, now from a year ago with the experience that they gained last year is just a more confident bunch. And 
you know, I think it was evident last year that they truly just love each other in the locker room. Like they're a very close tight knit team. And, you know, I, I think that's just going to continue to grow and grow and grow and make them even better. So I really just, I, I think the cohesiveness is something that I noticed a little bit, you know, more tonight than ever before. Did you notice that they were a little bit tighter tonight, like especially like Truba um, taking the body when uh, the players were surrounding Shisterkin? Well, yeah, I was just going to say, like, protecting the house. That was definitely noticeable, too. Like, you know, Kreider, like, cross-checks somebody in the face. Truba hits someone from behind. Like, you know, obviously not ideal things, but, <laughs> you know, it just goes to show you that they're not letting anyone touch Igor, and as they should, right? Because if Igor goes down, God forbid, knock on wood, then, you know, who knows where this thing could go. So. Um, you know, kudos to them for just really protecting their guy. Yeah, I Truba always did that, and I think he's doing it. He did it more tonight than he he's done. It was like instead of just take taking one guy on, he took two guys on at the same time. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I like I kind of like the look of Truba with the captain with the with the C. I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it, but I kind of like. It. What do you it. think? Yeah, I'm getting used to it. I'm, I'm I'm honestly just getting used to the seeing the C in general. It's been a while, you know. So. <laughs> Um, whether it was Truba or anyone else, it's just going to take a little bit of getting used to. I've only seen uh, one, two, three. This is my fourth captain I've seen since I started watching the Rangers. It was Chris Jury, Brian Drew's Callahan. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Jury, Callahan, McDonough, Jacob Truba. So uh, a lot of – to me, it's like high standards to live up to, you know, being yeah. wearing the C. And the, the, the organization, is, they didn't want to just hand it out to the – to the next most qualified guy. Like, no, they wanted someone to go out and prove it. Like mm-hmm. you would see other organizations just hand it out and just be like, all right, yeah, here's the next most qualified guy. We need to have a captain here. See like, no, no, no. With the Rangers, it's got, it's a, it's a huge deal and it's got to mean something. And I like that. And if they, if they were, if they held out for this long to name a captain and they finally named Truba, then I trust their decision. Mm-hmm. I, I trust it 100% regardless of what, what what the fans think and regardless of what I think. Like, I thought Kreider should have been captain. But you know what? Truba being captain, not a big deal. I think that's a, I think it's a good pick. Yeah, I mean, we're not really in the room, so we don't really know what goes on behind closed doors, you know? So, like, I, I think, you know, to your point, what you just said, like, everyone who follows the Rangers and, and watches the social media clips and the press conferences, like, you know, it seemed obvious that it was going to be Kreider, but, like, you know, within the team and within the organization, we, we don't really know. Like, what do we know, you know? So... Um, I think it's been, you know, more clear than ever that Truba is the guy. So can't, have, I don't have anything bad to say about him. Yeah. I mean, people will say what they want to say about him taking bad penalties or stepping up at the wrong time. But uh, I think, I think with the way he plays, like it's just what he does for the, the room, kind of like Reeves, uh, the, what he does for the room speaks louder than, than that stuff, but the like a bad penalty here and there. I mean, of course, yes, the the Tampa Bay penalties and stuff like Game Three that obviously changed the series, and I still feel a certain way about that. But you know, if it's a regular season game and he takes a bad penalty, I'm not gonna, I won't, I won't hold it against him. I still think, I still mm-hmm. think he's a he's a terrific human being. Like Emily Kaplan, I don't know if you saw it. Emily Kaplan, yeah. A, a very nice uh, uh, look in between the relationship of, of Truba and his wife. And, you know, we re- I really don't see that too often with, with hockey players. And that was just, it was, it was so touching and heartwarming. It, it's, it was like actually genuine. It wasn't forced or anything. Like he actually, he actually appreciates the relationship that he has, which I'm sure anyone would with it, with their partner. It's just to see it exemplified or personified with, with Truba it just, just stands out to me. Yeah, just pure raw emotion, right? And and that's something that I think all fans want to feel. You want to feel relatable to these athletes as people. Um, you know, I think anyone who's married would watch that and say, wow, like, you know, that's like really what love is. So I think that's something nice to see out of these guys, which you might not typically get to see. Yeah, and I think I think the Rangers, like the, the younger guys, like maybe Kako or Lafreniere, they could look up. I don't know what their relation, their dating life is. <laughs> not that I care. Yeah, uh, yeah. People, people on Twitter were probably all into that. There could be another podcast or that kind of stuff, but not on my mm. show. Not on I my care. Show. I want Lafie to have a good love life. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. He'll he'll meet somebody special one day for mm. sure. But like, he could take those lessons for sure. For he could see that that's a you know like a mentor, like a a leader figure for for him. Um, but yeah, I 
I think it's it's an overall good, a good good thing. Good vibes from the locker room last year, building off of what we had last year. I think the Rangers could, could go far this year. You have any big predictions for this year? Like for the Rangers or just in general? Yeah, for the Rangers. Um, we need an ice cold take from you. Well, my I guess my like prediction, and this hopefully hopefully this is an ice cold take. I said they're going to lose in the first round. So let's Ooh. let's hope let's hope that's an ice cold take. Let's. It's okay. not something I'm rooting for. It was just my thought. Like, you know, after a year like they had last year, I think they're like the obvious choice for regression. Because okay. it's, it's hard to replicate what they did last year. You know, having a, a Vesna winning goalie, having a 50-goal scorer, you know, having an MVP candidate, arguably, in Artemi Panarin. Um, you know, and, and then you, you lose the guys you added at the deadline that contributed so much to the playoff run. Also, you play against two backup goalies in round one and round two. You know, there's a lot of stuff that went the right way for them last year. You know, and, and it's funny because, like, the, the team on the island, everything went the wrong way for them last year. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely hard to have everything go the right way, and I think that's why I'm, like, just a little skeptical this year. I mean, I, I, listen, I think they're a great team, and I think they can do it. It's just this Eastern Conference is so good. And I don't know if you watched any other games tonight. Like, you know, people are sleeping on the Penguins, dude. Like, the Penguins are sick. Like, they played so well tonight. The Crosby line had 20 shots on goal, just that line. Like they also played the Coyotes. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and, <laughs> you know, that's obviously, you know, should be taken into a factor, but like, man, that they're, they're still a good team. They have the yeah. Stanley cups on, yeah. you know, they have the experience there. Like they could easily go on a run. Tristan Jari had a great year last year and we only saw him in game seven. Like if he's healthy the whole first round, who knows if they come back from down three to one. So like, there's, there's so many different factors that happen throughout the year. And you need everything to go right if you're going to get to the cup, right? Like, you need those things to happen. I mean, you know, the Colorado team could have won plenty of years before last year, but, you know, Kadri gets suspended, and, and all these things just kind of happen that, like, you know, have an impact on your playoff run and on your season. So, um, you know, I guess that would be my ice-cold take is that the Rangers lose in the first round because a lot of people are picking them to win the Stanley Cup, which, you know, I'm rooting for. You know, I hope I'm wrong, uh-huh. but that's yeah. just, you know, my, my gut, honest feeling. That would be if you say the Rangers are a first round exit and they end up winning the Stanley Cup, that would turn into old takes exposed. That yes. would turn into a hot take. Happily. That, that would melt <laughs> right there. Ice cold takes are right. Um, you know, that's the oh, thing. They are? People, ice cold takes are right. Yes. They are right? Yes. Yes. Oh, really? So I'll give you an example of an ice cold. And this is this this could be fun too for 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 our listeners. Um well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that high school takes were right. I had no idea. My for on my show, yeah, on my show. Oh, God, yeah. There's freezing cold takes, mm-hmm. which are the the at old takes exposed on Twitter, and mm-hmm. those are the guys where it's you know someone complete says opposite. the yeah. complete opposite. Like someone, let's say, in uh, in 2020, someone says, "Mark my words, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have an MVP by the end of his career." And then he retires without an MVP, and it's like the worst season imaginable. Mm-hmm. And someone's like, "Got you at old takes exposed." That that account, an ice mm-hmm. cold take. On the other hand, is um, let's go back to the Eichel. This is a this is a great example, in my opinion. Let's go back to the Eichel trade talks. This was this occurred right before right before Fox won his Norris Trophy. Um, so we weren't even sure. We didn't think. Not everybody. It wasn't fully agreed upon that Fox was going to win the Norris. A lot of people were saying Hedman was going to win the Norris. Mm. So Fox was still developing and that, I guess at that stage, but um, we had someone on Natalina Focarelli. She said, if Buffalo calls and asks in a package, a potential package for, for Jack Eichel, Adam Fox, you hang up the phone right away immediately. That's an ice cold take. I would say mm-hmm. also, Another ice cold take is uh, Mike Rupp. When I had him on, he said in the playoffs, you could blindfold, put, put a blindfold on and only look at the, the third line. And that'll tell you everything you need to know about if a team is a Stanley cup contender or not, because you're assuming that everybody's top two lines are going to be great. It's everybody else that you need to worry about. It's the, the bottom, the bottom nine or the bottom six. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, there you I, go. I, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's, it's 
I'm, I'm happy I learned what the ice cold takes are. <laughs> I was, well, I was not, I wasn't sure, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there you go. So we, I hope, I hope that uh, the Rangers don't get kicked out in the yeah, first time, but you bring up a good point that, you know, it, it seems like it, it's hard to build off success like that. You went to the conference finals that year. Carolina did that a couple of years ago, right? Then they go to the conference final against Boston. Yeah, and they, got, they haven't gotten. Sure. Then they haven't gotten to that same level of success, even though they've gotten better as a team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the Rangers team this year is stronger than post deadline last year, or or is it Ooh. just about equal? That's a really tough question. I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's stronger than post deadline. But at the same time, we don't know that answer for sure yet because we haven't seen Kako and Lafreniere put in those situations. So, like, you know, Lafreniere and Kako could be just as good as Cop and Petrano were last year. They just weren't put in that position. So, like, you know, I, I think last year's team was really strong just because throughout the lineup, you know, every, every single line pretty much had a scoring threat last year. Um, whereas this year, it kind of is the same thing, but. I don't know, man. Like it's it's such a hard question to answer because when you really look at Vetrano, Cop, Mott, you know, and uh, and even Braun, like before they played a game for the Rangers, those guys weren't really big name players in the NHL. Like, you know, they were solidified third liners, you know. Mm-hmm. So they came in, and Frank Vetrano was just given an opportunity to play with Zabanjad and Kreider, and he thrived. You know, he scored like pretty sure he scored. Uh, like eight goals in the regular season and then like five in the playoffs. Like, oh yeah. He had a, he had a lot, he had a you know, lot. that's like more than he even had before he even got to the Rangers. So like when you're put in a position to succeed, you know, that's, that's really all, all the difference it takes in a, in a player's confidence. Right. So like we're seeing the confident Kako, we're seeing the confident Lafreniere because they're being put in those positions. Like last year they weren't. And that's why you don't see the success that they're having already in the first two games. So, I think it's going to be really hard to answer that question right now, but I will definitely, I would love to go in depth about this at the deadline this year, because we'll have a much better idea of what this team is compared to the team post deadline last year. Right. And about putting the players in the positions that they need to be put in, like Kako Lafreniere, it's kind of like how Jack Hughes, when he was made the guy in New Jersey, he thrived Mm -hmm. and, you know, Kako Lafreniere have, I say it all the time on this show. People are going to kill me because I keep saying it, but it, it's true. They're overshadowed by, by Panarin and Kreider. But now yeah, that they're... As along, they should be. Yeah. Now they're alongside them where they should be now. At this point in their career, they should be there. They should have had as much ice time as possible under David Quinn. I don't know what the hell that guy was thinking. Uh, they should have had them as much ice time as possible, in my opinion. You could disagree um, with me. I, I just think, like... It's been a very confusing couple of years because that letter comes out. Hey, we're, we're rebuilding, you know, we're, we're breaking this thing down and we're going to build it back up. But then you get Panarin, you get Truba, you know, you have like these, these big name players come in and it's like, what are we rebuilding for? We still have Henrik Lundqvist in our goal. We just got, you know, a MVP candidate in our team Panarin. Like it, it's been a very confusing time because this rebuild has been accelerated so much and it's it's like you know i think last year too like the david quinn thing is so interesting because when you're a coach like you're playing a win right like you're playing you're you're coaching for your job you're not coaching for the next guy so if you if you don't feel those kids are able to perform in those situations you're not going to play them like it's just you got to learn you got to have time in the league to really understand what it takes and and last year even Gallant didn't play the kid line that much. Like they were getting, you know, 12 to 15 minutes a night because they hadn't been in that situation before. But now, you know, after getting that experience, Gallant probably won't even hesitate to throw Lafreniere out there in the last two minutes of a game or Kako, you know, in in the D zone in the last two minutes of a game because they got that experience. And that's really, it really is important. Like you have so many nerves when you're thrown in that situation and now knowing what to expect, it helps so much. So the David Quinn thing to me is such a, weird timing situation um you know i i think you're almost going to see that in, in the sense with lindy ruff in jersey because like you want to win games but you're also 
you know, understanding what you have on your roster and that like it might take a little bit more time because you have younger guys and they need to learn. It's it's just a weird NHL thing, I think, you know, and, and just I don't know. It's it's such a difficult thing to discuss because there's no right answer. Like, you know, had Quinn played those guys more and they didn't perform, then it's like these guys are busts. Like they can't, you know, That's so it's true. like it, it's just it's just a. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the term like a not like a what if, but um, you know, kind of a lose lose situation, I guess mm. in, that, in that sense. Yeah. So, like as a coach, you want to you want to win every game. I see what you're yeah. saying. You want as a coach, you want to win every game. But I mean, imagine going Paco out there in the last minute, and he like doesn't clear the puck, and the other team scores and ties the game. Then his confidence. Yeah, is but you also don't he's... know that he that that that's going to happen though, right? Yeah. Like it's, I that's. The the whole thing with with Quinn that that I that he lost me on was the how he had Kako just practice dumping and chasing the puck like he kind of limited the the, the kid's skill set to just one or two aspects and mm-hmm. instead of just letting them fly like I think there was a lot more freedom like look at Lafreniere he was played all over the the lineup last year first line in the beginning third line second line even at times and he played well. In my opinion, in every single situation he was put in last year was a very good all round year, I think, for, for Lafreniere. And then the playoffs hit, and all the kids just, like you said, that situation, they were finally put in there and they thrived. And mm-hmm. that was really their first moment where, you know, they, 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 they made, they had their welcome to the NHL moment. Keith Hernandez well, me- talks, like, mentioned it on, like, the SNY broadcast. I think it was Keith Hernandez, like, and Gary Cohen that, um, they were talking about JD Davis, like, and he's saying that every player has a welcome to the league moment, mm-hmm. and I think that was that moment for for Kako Hito Lafreniere. The threesome was in the playoffs, game one against Pittsburgh. Even if that goal didn't count, I thought they played super have. well. It should have mm-hmm. counted. Yeah, I agree. Well, let me let me ask you this too, right? Like, Galant scratches Kako game six of the conference final. <laughs> no, no, but but you don't think he's in a sense, also like trying to lay a fire in his ass, like to work hard in the offseason and come back fired up. Like, look at this kid in the preseason in the first two games. Like, risky, he's though. been the most impressive Ranger, right? Like, yeah. sometimes you just gotta light a spark and like see how they react. You know? Yeah, that's that is pretty risky. It's risky because the Rangers and their have a, a not so good history, recent history with European first round picks. Um, ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I, 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 in my opinion, I wouldn't have scratched him because I want him to experience defeat. If you're going to lose, you go out like that. Like, I want to see him, see them celebrate on the ice, like, and remember that moment. But in a sense, you are right, though, that it's like, dude, you just scratched me in the, the biggest game of the year. What the hell? Mm-hmm. work harder that, i've been there man year. that feeling sucks no, i've been there that sucks okay yeah yeah no i could see that too that's uh it kind of goes both ways where you get that feeling where mm-hmm. man that sucks when you're when you're watching the other team celebrate on the ice versus um you know not even suiting up for the biggest game of the year in the the last mm-hmm. game of the season that's a I, yeah i didn't even think about it like that but yeah that's a that's an I guess that's an even more old school, old style uh, way of looking at it from from Glant. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Kako's look great so far, though. You're right. <laughs> and yeah. if, 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 I will. If if that's the reason for if that's the reason for why he's working so hard, good for him, man. Love it. Bridge deal Love. has a lot to prove. You yeah. Know? The yeah the the contracts are, are going to be such a huge huge issue like. Right now, there's 23 men on the roster. Uh, Rangers have got to figure out a way. I was listening to Mercagliano's podcast, and he's saying that they have to figure out a way to get to 22 because it, it bumps up the cap space that they have mm-hmm. just by a little bit more by by trade deadline. So maybe uh, I hate bringing this up because people are going to kill me, but if Patrick Kane becomes available and another <laughs> team's willing to eat salary, then go for it, man. Why wouldn't you? If there's yeah. three teams available... If three te- if it's a three team trade, and you could eat salary on on two ends, why would you not get Patrick Kane? Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know how you how you feel about all that. I'm the, I I've talked about that so much through the off season that like I just I can't I can't talk about it anymore <laughs> until it's like actually happening. 
I like, like, don't know. Michael. Well, like, no offense. Like, I, I love, like, don't get me wrong. I love trade deadline and talking about stuff. But, like, when the actual hockey's being played, like, I get it. In the offseason, you got to talk about it because it's like, there's not hockey going on right now. But when there's actual hockey being played, like, I don't give a shit about the trade deadline until it's actually happening. Like, I want, I, I don't want to focus on, like, the what ifs. I want to, like, focus on this team and what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, like, what they need. Like, not all these, like, intangible, um, you know, hypothetical situations because we're gonna trust me when when february comes around it's all we're gonna be talking about is is kane coming is you know all this that's that's all it's gonna be so (laughs) um you know i i just uh i definitely try to avoid those conversations because so much is gonna change and and you know what we're saying now could be completely different in two weeks and and all that so I appreciate uh, that's where I stand on the candy. I don't mean to shut you down on that. But no, just... no, man. I appreciate your honesty. Go ahead. Shut me down all yeah. you want. When a Larry Brooks article comes out in two weeks exactly. saying that we need that the Rangers need a North South hockey player. Uh, yeah. Everybody's going to be screaming because apparently <laughs> everyone, we need a North South hockey player every single year. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the cane discussions, uh, it's, it's certainly gotten annoying too. Um, I love the player, but hockey's back, and I don't want to talk about that stuff now. Love it. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. Let let the boys cook, and uh, let's see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, so far, so good to the Rangers. The start of the regular season has been great, 2-0. and Let's see if the Rangers could could uh, could steal a, a home-opening victory against, uh, against the Winnipeg Jets, who are under a new, uh, a new coach. New coach, former coach of the uh, the Stars, Rick Bonus. Uh, let's see what happens tomorrow. Halak and Net probably. Gallant mm-hmm. never never likes to you know reveal his secrets or whatever. He, you he, just have to think he, like a back to back. You know, yeah. It, based on his what he what he did last year, it makes sense for him mm-hmm. to, to go with. And the, to, you know, you throw on the travel day as well. It's not like it's a home back to back. So you got Halak for this reason. So why wouldn't you start him? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, I'd expect the same line, the lineup to remain the same, and uh, Halak and that. Everything else, mm-hmm. boys, Rangers, they just got to keep playing the way they've been playing, especially at five v five, and everything's good. Uh, Johnny, you have anything else to add on before we wrap this up? No, Joey, I appreciate it, man. This was fun, and you know, always down to hop on whenever. So I, I appreciate yeah. you having me. Hey, Rangers fans, thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay.